friend. This is Deeper Life, and I'm your host, Alexis Tykemiller. I'm a writer, content creator, and a woman on a journey to finding more depth in life. If you crave soul-filling conversations and long for a stronger connection to yourself and others, consider this your safe haven. It can be hard to embrace who we are, let alone share that with the rest of the world. The Deeper Life Podcast is a safe place to show up and hear conversations about relationships, emotional growth, and explore what it means to be vulnerable. If you're ready to dig deeper, I'm here to help you embrace who you are, reflect on your past, and connect with yourself. Welcome to A Deeper Life. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Deeper Life. It's me, your host, Alexis Teichmiller, and I am just so excited to just spend this time with you. I'm so grateful you have so many different things that you could be doing right now and um, just different things you could be spending your time on and you're spending your time with me and I just can't tell you how grateful I am for that. I know that it's been a hot minute since we've done a solo cast and honestly, I'm going to be really frank with you. It's because of everything that we're talking about today on this solo cast, which is the importance of taking social media breaks for your mental health. And I'm also going to be talking about some of the things that really surfaced for me in 2020. This will be a bit of, you know, the importance of social media breaks and the impact that it can have on your mental health, along with a bit of a 2020 review. And so I'm sure At this point, you are sick of hearing people say 2020 was a year for the books. It was a year we'll never forget. And I kind of feel that with you. I'm very much, you know, in tune with the fact that we all know the weight and the emotional trauma, the emotional, um, just work that we went through just to get through that difficult year together. And I know that. And I'm also just saying that it has been a year. I'm sure it's been a difficult year for you. It was a difficult year in a lot of ways for me. However, there was so much that happened that I am grateful for. I've learned a lot about myself and I wouldn't necessarily take the year back. But at the end of it, you know, at the end of 2020, I really felt a lot of this pressure, a lot of this weight that was on me after just such a difficult year. And it was a collective, you know, we were going through this collective pain together, this collective challenge, this, you know, it wasn't just something that was on an individual level. It was something that was on a worldwide level. And I think it's the first time, at least in my life, where I've experienced that collective grief and pain and frustration and challenge and fear fear about our health, fear over, you know, the politics and and the election and just just everything that was happening in 2020 just felt very heavy a lot of the times. And there were moments where I was always see- uh, searching and seeking out hope and seeking out light and change and and trying to be a part of change and trying to take responsibility for the part I played in making change. And at the same time, you know, when you feel something on the macro level at a really high level, there's always going to be elements of feeling it on the micro level, on the individual level. You know, there's the organization and then there's the organism. And there was so much happening on a larger scale that it's really important for us to figure out and process how we were dealing with those things on an individual level as the organism. And so in towards the like latter half of 2020, um, you know, to kind of walk you through 
I started in 2020 living in Houston with my husband. And then we moved back to our our small hometown of 15,000 people in the Midwest in Illinois. And we did that in um, August. And then when I moved, I also felt this weight of, well, I just moved back home. I haven't lived at home, you know, full time since I was 18. And there were just all these feelings that were coming up. And I wanted to feel all of those feelings. I wanted to become aware of the vices that I have used in the past to numb, to make myself feel better. And what that looked like for me was taking a break from from alcohol. And so I actually, um, because of just the weight I was feeling, I wanted to take a break from, from alcohol. And, you know, when you start to feel this inner tension, you know, there's, there's this calling towards paying attention and the world is full of neon signs trying to grab our attention away from ourselves and how we really feel and what we really want to do with our lives. And there's all these distractions that feed into the way we make decisions, how we feel, how we live our lives, if we're happy, if we're frustrated, and, and then the patterns that are created because of those distractions. And I think there's a lot of power in recognizing our vices, you know, the things that you turn to when life gets hard that are really not healthy for you. They're not healthy for you physically. They're not healthy for you emotionally, relationally. These are the crutches, you know, the tools that we use to numb out and feel good. And I think it's important for us to be very, very in tune and very aware of what those things are for us. And then we can decide whenever we start to interact with that behavior or interact with that vice or that numbing mechanism, we can ask ourselves, is this good for me? Is this the way I want to be spending my time? Is this, is this tool actually requiring me to step away from feeling and into numbing? And so for me, I noticed that I, I wanted to actually take responsibility for my vices and the things I was turning to in order to numb. And I do think that there is something to be said when we're walking through trauma, when we are walking through difficult seasons of our lives, through mental health, through physical health or unhealth, we turn to these numbing mechanisms out of survival and out of trying to just live through the day. And I, I want to hold space for that, okay, because that is very real. And there are sometimes when we build those patterns of behavior during a, a season of survival and then when we aren't in survival mode anymore, we take those vices and those patterns of behavior with us outside of that survival. And we continue that behavior when, hey, you know, I needed to do this whenever I was just trying to survive, but now I'm in a better place. And now I, I still, you know, carry this pattern of behavior with me. So it's important for us to, to see the difference there. And for me, I could 110% see the difference. And, and I, I thought, and, and it still is, but I will say it's not my main vice. I thought that my biggest vice during 2020 was leaning on alcohol and leaning on drinking. And, you know, there's a history of alcoholism in my family. You know, most families have some elements of addiction in their history. And for me, you know, the most prominent one was alcohol. And I'm very aware of that. I wanted to, um, you know, hold space for that. I wanted to honor that awareness and say, I, you know, I want to make sure that I have a healthy relationship with alcohol and don't use it to 
lean on in times of need, in times of numbing. You know, I had a stressful day. Let me pour a glass of wine. And I'm not in any way shaming anyone that does that. For me, I just know the history of alcohol in my family and in my family tree that goes generations back. And so I needed to carry that with me and recognize, you know, I don't want that to be something that I also deeply struggle with. And if you think about it, so many songs and commercials and marketing and sales tactics and even phrases are geared towards drinking and escaping life with drinking. You know, alcohol is kind of a form of escapism along with any other kind of addiction. And I wanted to recognize and take ownership for the relationship I had with alcohol. And was I turning to it when I was sad, when I was depressed, when I was frustrated, when I was angry, when I was bored? And I wanted to create a a better relationship with it. So from August to October, I didn't drink. I I was 100% sober. And it wasn't the first time that I've tried sobriety. I've done Whole30 before, which if you're not familiar with Whole30, it's kind of a nutrition reset. Um, I love it. It is it is uh, pretty restrictive. So if that's something that you struggle with, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't necessarily do it. But I did it in January of 2020, and it was fantastic. And it also meant you know no drinking for 30 days. And I I really learned a lot about my habits with eating. And I'm a, I'm an emotional eater, and I turn towards food when I feel emotional, or I'm walking through something difficult you know, to celebrate, to, um, to mourn, to anything, I would turn to food. And I was seeing that pattern turn also to alcohol. And so I wanted to, to carry this understanding that this is something that I didn't want to, didn't want to carry on this pattern of behavior. And so I was feeling this heaviness, I was feeling this cloudiness. And I thought that maybe if I took out one of my vices, that I would get clarity on all of this indifference I was feeling about my life. And I was just feeling like I just quit my job in July to go full-time and be an entrepreneur. Some things were taking off. Some things weren't. Some things felt good. Some things I was completely avoiding. And I was learning a lot about myself in a way that I hadn't in a really long time. And when you do that, when you're in this influx of learning about yourself, it's exhausting. It's overwhelming. It feels like is this ever going to end? Am I ever going to have all the answers? Am I ever going to just feel like, you know, I've got it all together? I don't think that we ever do feel that way. But uh, for me, this this summer and fall, I really felt this like overwhelming sense of, did I make the right decision quitting my job? You know, what am I really going to do with my life? How am I going to make money? Um, there's just a lot of identity wrapped up in what we do. And so I was feeling that heaviness. I wanted to stop drinking. So as a result of stop drink of stopping drinking, I did feel good physically. However, I didn't really achieve that mental clarity that I wanted. I still felt mentally cloudy. And so that was kind of my first indication that although I took away one of my vices and it was a great uh, opportunity for me to practice discipline, for me to practice awareness of when I was feeling tempted of, oh, I'm feeling awkward. Oh, I'm feeling frustrated. Oh, I'm feeling stressed. I would feel those feelings and I would you know, have the urge to open up a glass of wine or pop a tab on a beer. And so it was good for me to not do those things and practice that discipline, but I still didn't feel the mental clarity that I really needed. And so in November, it really hit me It was kind of this underlying, I think I subconsciously knew, 
but I avoided it. Like I totally avoided the knowing (laughs) with a capital K. And this is something that Glennon Melton Doyle talks a lot about. She talks about the knowing in her book, Untamed, which I read in December. And it's kind of this overarching understanding uh, that it's our intuition. It's the thing that we lean on. It's the voice inside our head and in our soul and in our gut that leads us in different directions. And it's kind of this truest, the truest voice of ourselves. And I knew what my real vice was, but I was completely avoidant of it. Hold on. I'm going to take a a little sip of my coffee. Mm -hmm. Second cup of the day. The first cup is fantastic. There's something about the second cup, though, that I think uh, just like brings this whole other level of energy. (laughs) Okay. So my real crutch was social media, like 110% full on crutch slash vice, whatever you want to call it, addiction. I would spend hours scrolling and consuming content. If I was bored, indifferent, angry, sad, depressed, frustrated, or just avoiding my life altogether, I would lean on social media to make me feel something. And even though it rarely ever made me feel better, it was this pattern of behavior that I had built up where I would just turn to social media when I was on a break, when I was in the car, at a stoplight, when I was like just anything. I would just pull up my phone and I would just start mindlessly scrolling and what it did is it it brought me away from my thoughts. You know, if I was bored, I should feel comfortable enough with myself to sit in that and just think and just process my thoughts and process my day and check in with myself. But instead of giving myself that space and time and intentionality to do that, I would just turn to social media, boom, and start scrolling and start consuming content from other people. And it kind of hit me that once I realized that was my vice, I then started looking at my historical data. Like in my past, what is my relationship been with social media? And I realized that I had been on social media, or I, yeah, I had been on social media for almost 15 years of my life. I'd been on MySpace since I was 14. I got on Facebook at age 16. I got on Instagram and Twitter around 19, and I've never taken a break since. And so after almost 15 years of being on social media and consuming content, almost every single day, I deleted all of my social media apps. And to be honest with you, I just legitimately had no idea what I was in for. And I'm sure this probably sounds really simple. You might make, you might even think this is like dramatic, but I feel like getting off social media gave me back my life. I didn't realize how much weight and importance I put on social media not just of my own page, but what I, the power I gave the app, the power I gave other people who didn't even know it to speak into my life and, and to make me feel different things that I was giving permission to feel. You know, no one can necessarily make you feel something that you don't allow to feel. And I was allowing myself to feel jealous, to feel all these negative feelings about my own life. And that was something that I had felt for years and it was subconsciously getting in the way of me growing and getting in the way of me really taking back my life and and having this meaningful purpose with my life instead of always having to share something on social media or um, just scroll mindlessly on social media. And so I kind of wanted to to give you three core things from my perspective that I think social media and constant consumption and input from social media 
makes us feel and really breeds this sense of just insecurity in ourselves. The first one, and, and this is something I'm sure you've heard people talk about, is comparison. Comparison, comparison, comparison. Well, their house looks like this. My house looks like this. I remember in Nashville when I lived there for about five years, I was like actually kind of embarrassed to show my house on social media because it wasn't, you know, Pinterest perfect and Instagram, you know, ideation. Like it, it was it was just a house. It wasn't necessarily the best. It wasn't necessarily the worst. And at the time I was busy and traveling and building my career and I didn't really care about home decor. I didn't necessarily care about walking in and feeling like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing that I've ever done with my life is, is you know, home decor and all of this stuff. And, and now I really enjoy that. But at the time, I felt like I didn't measure up. And that's just in my house. You know, someone's marriage is this, mine isn't this. Someone has a relationship and I'm single. Someone has their dream career. Someone built their business. Someone made a made million dollars. Someone wrote their book. And so there's all this input of what other people are doing. And hey, I'm not necessarily harping on social media. I reactivated all my accounts, you know, in early January. Not all my accounts, actually. I only reactivated Facebook and Instagram. I deleted TikTok and deleted Twitter. I love TikTok, but I would just spend way too much time consuming all of that. And I wasn't even creating any content. So I made a pact with myself that if I'm going to get back on TikTok, then I would actually produce more content on TikTok instead of just being like there to view and consume all that stuff. So comparison is very real and there's so many layers to it as well. The second thing that I think can really happen and that we give permission to happen with social media is this analysis paralysis. We get to this point where we find a little bit of inspiration, we get some clarity, and then we go on social media and we see all these other people doing different things. Well, they're doing this, this way. And so you honestly get in this way of not really being able to make a decision because you're looking at everyone else and seeing what they're doing. And so it's hard for you to even make a choice because it's like, well, what is the right choice? And instead of following your knowing and your intuition and yourself and listening to yourself and asking you what it is that you feel and what it is that you want and how you're going to go get that, we sometimes turn to social media to affirm our direction in life, to affirm our decisions or lack of decision. And so that's another thing is if you're struggling to make a choice in your life and you're needing clarity, get off social media because we go there to find affirmation, to find validation. And I think it can sometimes lead us to make bad choices. Um, or just not make choices at all and just stay in that analysis paralysis stage forever. And then the third one is unrealistic expectations. So the first one was comparison. The second was analysis paralysis. And the third one was unrealistic expectations. So, I mean, <laughs> I feel like this kind of goes without saying, but it's this idea that, well, if I do what this person did, then I'm going to feel this way. I'm going to look this way. And we don't give ourselves the understanding that someone else's life is not ours. Someone else's experiences is not ours. And so we have to shift our expectations just because someone else is achieving something or doing something with their life. It doesn't mean that we're going to have the same experience. And I think that's honestly, if I could relate to one thing, it's this one. When I quit my job in July of 2020, I worked at a fantastic tech startup called ConvertKit. I was higher number like 14 or 15 in the company at the time back in mid 2016. I loved my my coworkers. I loved the mission, I loved the brand. 
But from a career standpoint, I was going down a path with my career that I didn't really align with what I wanted to do long term. So I had to make the hard decision of quitting. And I had at the time worked with, you know, a part of my job as the affiliate manager managing the referral program was I worked with six and seven figure business owners who were building these online businesses, coaching courses, masterclasses, membership programs, all of these things. And there was a level that I saw them achieve that I thought, oh, I can do this. Oh, you know, this looks easy. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I cannot even tell you how wrong I was. So I went into this full-time employment, this entrepreneurship journey that I'm on right now, and I had such unrealistic expectations, y'all, because I saw what other people were doing on social media. I saw what they were doing firsthand, and I thought that I could just jump right in and do the same thing, and it would be easy for me. And that was a big, naive mistake that I made. Um, But at the same time, (laughs) I think it helped make the decision to leave, and I am thankful for that. However... I I think I could have set myself up better to have better expectations. And so that's why it's important that no matter how vulnerable and honest and open people are on social media, there's still another part of the story that you are not seeing. And so as much as I am such a fan of transparency and vulnerability and being raw and sharing that real life stuff on social media, it's still not 100% reality. And I think it's important as we as we consume content that we realize what our relationship is with that piece of content and how it's impacting the way that we make decisions, how we feel, and the direction that we move in our lives. And should we really be giving social media that much power? And that's something that I think is is important for us to to explore, because what really happened was that social media for me was the tool that I used to suppress my feelings. And when I would feel a negative emotion, and I really believe that all emotions are neutral and that whenever we try to label emotions and put them in good and bad boxes, we end up not really allowing ourselves to feel the way through the emotion because then we judge ourselves for feeling that way if it's negative. So I would suppress all of my feelings and try to either perform on social media or I would consume all this content to try to make me feel better. And none of that was working. And so a few questions to reflect on or journal through about social media. Um, so there's there's uh, four questions here, or technically five. <laughs> so the first question, and I'll put these in the show notes for y'all too, because I really want you to just spend some serious time reflecting, thinking about how you interact with social media and how it's impacting your life, okay? So question one is how many hours a day and week do you spend on social media? There are lots of different apps and timers we can set, and I'm a huge believer in that, but it's also nice to look back at your data in your settings if you have an iPhone or or really any phone. You can see your usage data and see the percentage of time that you're using on social media and how, um, how much usage and time that you're spending on it. So how many hours a day and week do you spend on social media? Question two, can you connect how you feel about yourself and your life to how much time you spend online? Question three, what does that connection tell you? Question four, what is your core motivation for being on social media? And then number five, are you happy with yourself and the life that you're living right now? And these were questions I really started to think through at a very deep level, not just, oh yeah, I spend a lot of time on social media oh yeah, I post a lot of pictures and I share about my life and I love connecting with people and all that's true. 
But at, at a deeper level, you know, we have to really answer these questions honestly with ourselves to be able to change if we want to change, if we feel like something in our life is off, if we're seeking clarity, if we're having trouble making decisions, if we're unhappy in our relationships with other people and ourselves, we have to look at a common denominator. And that is how much time we consume things on social media. So for me, I was like a, honestly, like a duck gliding along the water. If you can kind of like picture a body of water, picture a duck out on a lake or out on a pond, and they're just kind of gliding seamlessly along the water. But below the surface, their their webbed feet are just churning and they are trying to get in the direction that they're going. And that's really how I felt. I felt like there was this churning below the surface for me and my feelings. And I I just honestly was living on the surface, which is honestly kind of ironic because hey, this is the Deeper Life podcast. Everything I try to put out and and really am intentional about putting out is being deep and transparent and honest. And I'm letting you know that I still struggle with this, y'all. I still struggle with this. And so because of that churning, I felt something below the surface. And for me, that was my depression. I was completely avoiding my depression by simply acting that it wasn't there. And by, hey, if, if, if I just act like it's not here, then it'll go away. And that didn't work for me. And so in December, I took the whole month off social media. And without my pacifier, which is now what I call social media, just like you pacify a baby with a little pacifier, social media was my pacifier. And without it, I felt every little thing. Making December, for me, one of the hardest months of 2020. And through this, I was able to uncover so much just truth and honesty about myself and where I really was and what I was really struggling with and what I wanted to do to change that. And I, that last part, what I wanted to do to change that is the key part. I didn't want to just sit in this wallowing understanding that, you know, yes, I struggle with depression and it is something that I have to keep on top of and have to be honest about or else it can really kind of catastrophize the other aspects of my life. And what do I want to do to help myself? You know, what am I going to put in place? What systems, what, you know, going back to therapy, having someone that I talk to regularly in my life, family, friends, my husband, where I'm honest with them about where I am, instead of just glazing over it and acting like everything is okay. And so I've been listening to this podcast um, called um, Quit Your Day Job by Kathy Heller. And I I'll put it in the show notes. I highly recommend her. I love everything that she puts out. She interviews a lot of fantastic people and she also does some really great solo casts. And so if you're creative and you're wanting to maybe quit your job, your day job and and do something freelance or do something creatively, start that business you've always wanted, I 10 out of 10 recommend listening to her show. But she says this quote often and she says the solution to depression isn't happiness. It's knowing and understanding your purpose. And I listened to that in December. I heard it for the first time and it really struck a chord with me because I recognized that I was trying to just make myself happy. And what was really missing was I didn't really have a clear understanding of my purpose. And what really, what that illuminated was how I had completely lost sight of my purpose and my energy was gone and I had no idea really what I was doing in my life, which is really hard for me to admit to y'all because 
I feel like I've always had a very clear direction of where I'm going and what my mission is and who I want to help and why I want to do it. But it was really, really dark there for a while of just, I don't really know why I'm here on earth. I don't really know what my mission is. What's my goal? What's my purpose? Where do I find meaning? All fantastic questions to ask yourself because it helps you really identify what that purpose and what that mission is. And so that was what was happening with me mentally. And then I also uncovered in December, there was a lot going on with me physically. I went to my yearly gynecologist appointment, which shout out to my ladies, 10 out of 10 recommend going to your gyno once a year, talking through your health and mental health. I had such a great conversation with my doctor about my mental health and how that was affecting my physical health. And we just talked through a lot of the things I was experiencing. And so um, from October, November, December, I was oversleeping, y'all. I would get like a 10, 11 hours of sleep and it didn't feel like it was enough. And then in the middle of the day, I would want to take a nap again. Like I was lethargic. I was tired all the time. I was sleeping through my alarms. I would set my alarm for 6.30, sleep through it, 7, sleep through it, 7.30, sleep through it. I would wake up at like 8.30 or 9 and I would still be tired after sleeping through all of my alarms. And then I would feel like total crap about myself because it's like, well, I slept till 9. I'm such a piece of crap. And that that, that self-talk was just super negative. And it was this perpetual pattern of, of not recognizing that maybe something was actually wrong. And so um, I went to my gyno in like late December, um, right after Christmas. And I was telling her all of this and she said, okay, that's definitely like a red flag. You know, if you're, if you're sleeping over eight hours a day, then you know there's there's something going on and you're still tired and you still feel this like perpetual exhaustion. And so we ran a bunch of tests, test my hormones, test for my thyroid, uh, test for a lot of different things. And it came up that I was extremely vitamin D deficient, um, which can cause or amplify depression. And so like my vitamins and my levels were all off. So I'm on this um, like 10 week program um, like medication that I'm taking weekly of this really high dosage of vitamin D to kind of recharge and reset my vitamin D levels. And then from then on, I'm going to start taking a daily vitamin um, along with taking vitamin D daily as well. But I was realizing how much that was impacting my mental health too. And so I've been taking uh, the supplement uh, or the, the medicine for three weeks now, and I really can legitimately tell a difference. And so I'm looking forward to what week 10 looks like because um, I, I want to work. I want to feel good. I want to not feel this exhaustion all the time. And so it's a, it's important to see how the connection between our physical self and our mental health also are very connected. And so they were kind of feeding each other. And it helped me really realize that I needed to take ownership of that. And, you know, we have to take responsibility for our health. No one's going to do that for us. And so for me, that also looked like getting back in the gym or whatever kind of movement you're able to get in, um, you know, working and, and, and moving my body 45 minutes, at least four to five times a week. That meant eating healthy. That meant, you know, really trying to lower my sugar count, which was impacting my sleep, lowering my caffeine, which was impacting my sleep. There were just all these elements that were really impacting um, my sleep habits. And so I, I kind of did this reflection where like one part of my 
mental fog and just the way I was feeling, just feeling purposeless, just not really understanding where I was headed. You know, one part of that was very much my brain, you know, it was my mental health. One part was my physical health, like something was actually wrong. You know, I was deficient in some vitamins that were really, um, you know, taking away from my quality of life by just sleeping so much, which is really not healthy for you. Then I had to ask myself, you know, where is my heart in all this? Where is that energy, that drive, that desire for impact and change? I, you know, I used to feel that so clearly. That was like the engine that pushed me forward. And I've, I've lost that in some ways. And I'm just being honest with you. I think that we go through these seasons where we have these questions, we need clarity. And I want to normalize this conversation, y'all, because there's no shame here. There's no judgment here. And there's there's always something around the corner that can help us get that clarity. But I think it really starts with us looking in the mirror and being very honest with ourselves about where we are and how we want to change that and what we want to do to change. And so over the past two months, I've really been focusing on my purpose. And I decided, you know, everything is a decision. We always have a choice. I decided that I wanted to really zero in on my mission. And my my core goal and purpose is I want to help women. I want to help women feel seen. I want to hear them. I want to hold space for all of their feelings, all of their life trauma, all of their experiences. I want to help them find solutions and make changes to create a more meaningful and connected life through things like vulnerability and very clear communication. And so like the the basis of this for you as as you're listening, if you're struggling with your career, with your relationship, if the hashtag relationship goals feels like something that you are far from, something that you um, struggle with, if you are struggling with friendships, your community, if you're struggling to make space for your health, your hobbies, and your happiness, I want to help you. I want to work with you one-on-one. I'm in the process of working with a business coach, my dear friend, Jake Kelfer, who I've had on the podcast before, talking through energy and time management. I hired him. I hired my friend, um, paid him thousands of dollars to be my business coach and help me get back on track with this because I really have a very clear vision for deeper life. And now it's time to implement that. And that's the part that I really struggled with. And so I hired my dear friend, Jake, to help me implement. We're building out a group coaching program, which I am so excited. We're only going to be, um, we're only going to have a small intimate group of people in the, in the deeper life coaching program, because I I really want to keep things intimate. I want this like very sincere level of connection. And I think that's something that you can really achieve on a smaller level before you scale. And so um, I think we're only, we're kind of limiting the group coaching program to, I want to say around 30 to 40 women that might change. It's not going to go up. It's not going to go above 40, uh, but it could be like 25 um, to start out with. But I just want to help women communicate clearly and I want to help them communicate their needs and ask for what they want and get what they want. And that's in every aspect of your life. And so if that's something that 
inspires you or something that you want to take action on, please email me at alexisteichmiller at gmail. I would love to work with you. I would love to uh, just jump on a phone call with you, learn more about you, and just take the time to connect and see how maybe we could work together because that is my core mission and that is really where I'm shifting all of my focus is working with women one-on-one and and then in the group coaching program. So just to kind of wrap this up, I have this quote that I read that I just love that um, I think holds a lot of truth for me is, you know, 2020 didn't happen to us. It happened for us. And I learned so much about myself and the world and things I didn't even realize that I needed to work on this year. And I'm thankful for that. And I wanted to hold space for, for the gratitude that came along with such a hard year. So I wanted to wrap up the episode with a few questions for you to think or journal through about avoidance. So kind of midway through, I talked through some questions that you can reflect on regarding social media. And then I wanted to end the episode with one, two, with four questions um, about avoidance and our tendency to avoid things and then use vices to um, kind of placate that avoidance. So question number one is what am I hiding from or avoiding? Question two is what do I do to numb or avoid my feelings and my core emotions? Question three is what am I leaving in 2020 that I don't want to bring with me in 2021? And then question four is what needs to be healed in order for me to grow into the person that I want to be? Thank you so much for joining me on this solo cast, y'all. I just love spending time with you. And a part of my goal for 2021 is to release a solo cast every week along with an interview, which means that The Deeper Life will be um, releasing eight episodes every month, two per week, one solo cast, one interview. I'm excited about ramping up this show. I feel like... I just connect through audio so much. I've just been consuming a lot of podcasts lately. I love talking to y'all. And then I'll also probably be implementing more video work um, through Reels and TikToks and potentially even thinking about um, how to incorporate more video in some of my email uh, newsletters as well. I sent a lot of newsletters through my social media break and it was so much fun to just write long form again. I don't know if you know this about me, but I was a creative nonfiction writing minor in college and I love writing. And so getting back to that long form writing through an email newsletter was just so, it was like healing for my soul. It like brought me back to what I so enjoy about creating. Speaking of writing, (laughs) I wanted to also remind you that I have a free gift for y'all. It is 20 journal prompt questions. This is something that so many uh, amazing women in my community have asked for. And so I put together a freebie for y'all. It is 20 journal questions to help you seek clarity and understanding. 10 of those questions are geared towards self-connection, and 10 of those questions are geared towards your community and relationship connection. So I'll also leave that link in the bio for you of this episode so that you can click that, just put in your email address, boom, it'll be sent to your email. It's a cute little PDF with all the questions on it, and I just can't wait to hear what y'all learn. 
Okay, friends, I will talk to you soon, and I'm just so thankful for you, and I really want you to take some time, take some time to breathe today, take some time off social media, and reflect, and just be with yourself.